What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday morning. This is the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am James Grande, joined today by Matt Sells. We are unfortunately not with Colby Conway today. He traveled to Italy again. It's crazy. He's just going to Italy all the time. Um, Colby's just in Italy 24-7 now. Must be a nice life. But Matt, uh, how are you doing considering you're not in Italy? I'm good, and to be clear, it's family obligations for Colby. But yeah, it would be nice if we could travel to Italy like every other week. That would be the jet lag would be terrible, though. Um, I'm doing pretty good. I made I made a uh, trade in my fantasy baseball league last week. Um, I'm not going to compete. So desperate times called for desperate measures in my league. Um, I unfortunately had to trade away Kyle Tucker. What? 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 But. It did net me Joe Musgrove, which was helpful because I'm trying to protect. See, I have Mackenzie Gore as a prospect in that league. <laughs> and as soon as I put him on the active roster, I lose years of control of him. Right. So I'm trying not to do that. I'm trying to ride it out. But because everybody on my bench is injured or in the minor leagues, I had if somebody else got injured on my active roster, I have no protection for Mackenzie Gore. So. I had to trade Kyle Tucker, and I got myself Joe Musgrove so that hopefully I could dodge enough bullets to not have to burn Mackenzie Gore in a year that I am not competing. Well, I uh, can't say I I uh, fault you for that because as many years as Mackenzie Gore is going to pitch in this league, you want him on your fantasy baseball team. Yeah, I managed to uh, protect Walker Bueller for his entire very good rookie year, um, which Gave me three, well, four years of control of him in his prime, which has led to me finishing second three of those four years. So, well, apparently Walker Buehler already outside of his prime. <laughs> apparently, we will talk about that. We later. will. We may. We may or may not uh, dip our toes back into the Walker Buehler um, world, but let's head into the news and notes, Matt. I wish I had like a a news station do 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 like soundboard um, playing. Uh, first up, we have Wander Franco leaving the game with a quad issue. Thoughts on um, Mr. Mister Injury Franco himself, because he cannot stay healthy. Yeah, this seems to be a trend for him now a little bit. Um, now, whether he was fully healthy when he got back on the field, I, right. I don't know. But he did leave, I think it was in the ninth inning, or it was late in, yep, ninth inning. Yep, ninth in inning. Uh, Monday's game, I believe. Um, he was going to try to leg out a double and stopped at first because he felt what I guess Kevin Cash described as a little tug uh, in his quad. So that's not great. Apologize if you can hear the sirens in the background. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Uh, somebody's house apparently is having an issue. Not mine. We're all good. Um, speaking of issues, Wander Franco has a quad thing, and he's day-to-day. They'll have to see, I guess... Um, if it goes a few days, I would expect them to put him on the IL just yep. to save a roster spot, right? Wouldn't yep. you? Yep, agreed. Yeah, I mean, quad hamstring, quad hamstring, IL stint, IL stint, IL stint. Like, this is all it's been for Wanda yeah. Franco. Um, I don't think he's been healthy. He has looked very poor at the, at the plate. Um, so, yeah, this could definitely lead to an IL stint. It's definitely something that we're going to have to monitor. Um, Cody Bellinger was in the lineup for Monday, was then scratched with a left abductor issue day-to-day thoughts on um mr lost talent himself 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really know what to make of Bellinger at this point, except he's very good defensively. Yeah, and he can right? still, and he's like, like stealing bases at a pretty good clip too. Yeah, when he's making it on base, which right. I'm not <laughs> sure how that's happening <laughs> at right. this point. Fair. But um, yeah, this is kind of in a tricky, tricky spot. There's kind of a sensitive, one of those lingering things that can hang mm-hmm. around. Um, so it doesn't sound like anything is strained necessarily. Um, so that's kind of good. So maybe they'll just give him a couple of days off and then he'll go with his, uh, you know, medicine, his medicinal stuff. We've all taught that he's been smoking there a little bit. Maybe yeah. that'll help him. And, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe we'll see him back out in a couple of days. I don't I don't know that this requires an IL stint for him. So this would have been another perfect uh spot for a Stephen A. Smith. Stay off the weed. Uh, yeah. perfect. You saw that clip a couple of like maybe a week ago where where his teammate or somebody fouled a ball into the dugout and Gavin Lux ducks for his life, and it goes hits the wall right next to Bellinger, and he does not care. He's just lounging professionally on that bench <laughs> like nothing happened. Maybe, maybe he's maybe he's trying to figure out whether he's better high or sober. <laughs> maybe that's what maybe. he's going through right now. He's he's playing through it. I will say to Cody Bellinger's uh, defense, hit 300 over his last 10 games, so little signs of life. Um, but we've seen this on a couple occasions this year. It's been It's been... Very good and very bad all at the same time. Um, Brandon Woodruff, Matt, a high ankle sprain, lands him on the 15-day IL. Had to leave his start, and MRI, you know, later showed how bad the, the sprain was. What's what's your thoughts on a, on a 15-day IL stint for a sprained ankle here? Yeah, I think it's going to be longer than that. Yeah. Um, I mean, just just think back to, to football, right? When we get guys with high ankle sprains, they miss multiple weeks of games so yes 15 days is technically multiple weeks but that's not like we're talking it's probably a three to four week thing i would right. i would think um now i would say that if it's his plant leg it's probably longer on the longer side if it's his you know other leg then maybe maybe not so much but it's kind of a serious blow to the brewers who already said that freddie peralta would be out of significant yep amount of time as well well everyone that the brewers use in the starting rotation just strikes 100 guys out so i'm sure they'll be i'm sure they'll be fine they'll be they'll somehow find a way they'll find a a lefty in their minor league system that's just gonna be come up oh speaking of the brewers by the way those of you who watch foolish baseball there was a great one that came out uh i believe on monday about corbin burns and how he changed his approach to become the corbin burns we see today interesting it's pretty interesting you're definitely in the middle of a cops episode right now. You should, you should. Apparently. So there, there's a lot going on out do, here. There's, what you gonna do? There's, there's a cops episode <laughs> happening a few blocks away. There's a garbage truck about a block away. So like. Good. 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 It's Perfect an excellent timing. time to record a podcast. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, speaking of just quick, uh, a couple of other brewers notes on the injury front, Matt. Uh, Willie Adames beginning his rehab assignment. Uh, began his rehab assignment on Sunday, hit a home run, so we should see him back shortly. And Hunter Renfro uh, is optimistic he will be back by the end of his... uh, Yeah, I think Friday is what I saw. Yep, so optimistic that he'll be able to return on the minimum amount of days. Which, by the way, means Tyrone Taylor, his stock's about to tumble. 
I love Tyron Taylor, so I hope not. Um, hopefully they can find a, a Yeah, but did you see what Renfro's slash line is before he got hurt? Um, I mean, I see them versus lefties. <laughs> he's yeah. he's very good against left-handed. I mean, Renfro's hitting like 340-something before he was hurt. Uh, yeah. And Tyron is hitting 250. So. I know. Tyron Taylor has also had a very good two-week stretch. So Yeah, he's hit like six homers. Um, well we'll see. Let's see if uh let's see if Locaine can hold on to his spot, huh? That's true. That guy's eighty seven years he, old. So he's what does he provide at this point? I mean good defense, really right? Anything. I mean the the defense, but like Tyron Taylor made a catch in the stands last night. You know what? How about that for some defense, Matt? Um go. uh some White Sox news. Tim Anderson has a strained groin, and Eloy Jimenez pulled from his rehab start. He felt a little tug. Uh, White Sox have some some issues. Uh, you know what? We could throw Yohan Mankata in that, too. Wasn't in the lineup on Sunday. Hasn't played since Wednesday. What do we make of all this? I mean, those are the White Sox offense has been horrible to begin with since the start of the year. I think a lot worse than every single person that played fantasy baseball expected. Those are three core members of their lineup. What are your thoughts on Anderson, Eloy, and, and Moncada here? So the Anderson one is a little concerning because it, it did appear to be like a non-contact yep. thing. Right? And like the, groin, it, the groin is just... Right, that lingers, and in terms of stealing bases and power, it can sap both of those. Yep. Right, because you don't have a base to plant with to hit power, and then obviously you're not going to accelerate very quickly if your brain right. is not right. Um, it is also concerning that they pulled Jimenez from a rehab start. Mm-hmm. It might be them being a little cautious, but he felt something. It's not like it was just soreness and they backed off. He yep. felt the tug, so that's that's also not great. And I would expect that if Moncada doesn't play again – uh, in their next game that they just put them on the I.L. Yep. and they retroactive it, you know, mm-hmm. make it retroactive to Wednesday since it's the last time we played. Um, but that's not that's not great for a team that's scuffling at 500. Right. And people thought would be better. Now, their pitching staff hasn't been great. Right. Um, as evidenced by the fact that they uh, <laughs> released Dallas Tiger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and his, what, 7.7 oh, it's ERA? it's been so bad. It's been so bad. <laughs> it was not good. Um, so yeah, a whole lot wrong in, in the South side of Chicago there, including Tony LaRusso, who still can't figure out how to win baseball games. Um, but yeah, it's just not, if, if you have Tim Anderson, you have to hold him though and hope for yep. the least amount of time frame that he'll be gone. Right. We still haven't yep. heard results of the MRI. We still haven't heard a time frame. So we're holding these guys if you have IL spots. Heck, even if you have bench spots, we're still going to hold them because they still have the talent to turn it around. But it's getting a little bleak there for the uh, for the pale hose. Yeah, I think if there was one person we could probably shed, it's Mancata because he had been bad to begin with. Yep. Um, third base isn't the best position, so if you do have the available IL spot um, and, and he is eligible for it, maybe throw him on there, especially if he does end up being retroactively placed on the aisle. Um, but also, I think, like, you're 100% holding Jimenez, you're 100% holding Anderson at all yeah. capacity. Um, let's head over to the Houston Astros side of things because they have a lot going on. Um, Jose Altuve, he exited on Monday, correct, with a concussion. Yes. Um, well, Kyle, possible. They put possible, him... With a possible concussion. Correct? Yeah, he ran into the first baseman. 
and yep. then he played the field for the next half inning, but then they took him out, and his manager, Dusty Baker, said his eyes didn't look right. That's good. It's always good to put, especially put him out in the field, especially if there's like a hard line drive hit at you. Yeah. Um, that would have been a good good idea. Um, yeah. Kyle Tucker, day-to-day with a sore left foot. The return of Jake Odorizzi seems imminent. 41-pitch bullpen. And then Lance McCullers, you know. Um, Not great. I, how I mean, it doesn't seem like we're we're gonna see Lance McCullers anytime soon. Talk to me about the Astros yeah. here. Yeah, so Tucker, he's kind of you know turned down a little bit. He was on a hot streak there for a couple of weeks. Yep. Now it's turned down. He's been battling a sore left foot. He's, that's been his career. That's been like the the career arc yes. for Tucker so far. Yeah, he he's either ice cold or scorching hot. <laughs> There's no in up, between. There's no in between. <laughs> and then he winds up somewhere in between with the numbers, and you're yeah. like, "Hey, those are good numbers," but you have no clue <laughs> right. how he got there, right? right. Um, so I don't know that he's going to go on the IL. It doesn't sound like it's an IL thing. It just sounds like he's just a little sore, so they're giving him a couple of days off there. The 41 pitch bullpen for Odorizzi was his third bullpen since going down with what looked like a horrifyingly bad injury, but turned out not to be that bad. Um, so he'll probably need a couple of rehab starts, I would guess. Um, try to sync him up with his spot in the rotation, but he should be back relatively soon. And McCullers himself said that he's only to about mid January in where like his off season schedule would normally be. So he uh, may be back for the World Series. That's right? before <laughs> pitchers and catchers show up. Right. To, he, to he, so he might training. be ready for pitchers and catchers next year, right? Yeah. So that's that's you know at that point you're really kind of on your own doing your pitch, right. pitching drills. You're not really pitching in simulated games. You're not doing, um, you know, you're just kind of fine tuning, getting yourself into shape. So that's that's not that's not good. Like maybe September at this point. Maybe not worth a fantasy roster. Oh. If he's going to come back and and later in the year, maybe you know throw a couple dollars on him if he's I mean, going to. Maybe we get five starts out of him. Yeah, and and what is that value at that point? Where are we in the fantasy? We're already in the fantasy postseason. We're already gearing up for the postseason. Like is Lance McCullers three inning starts at the end of the year going to be viable? It's no, it's. No. It's a lost 2022 fantasy season for Lance McCullers. Yes. Um, we have a lot of news in, in Minnesota as well. Just teams just being rampaged by everything. Um, Carlos Correa lands on COVID. Um, Royce Lewis, you know, fresh off all these starts at third in the outfield in the minors after being sent down and um, threatening like everyone's job because he was good in the majors and should have never been sent down to begin with. Um he makes a fantastic catch and subsequently hurts his right knee. He's placed on the IL. We have Sonny Gray removed from his start with the pec tightness. Um, he he is oft injured as well. Uh, Max Kepler left game over the weekend. Um, it doesn't. He Kepler's injury looks the least serious of the bunch, and he looks like he should be in the lineup either. Tuesday, Wednesday, sometime this week. It doesn't look like an aisle stint. But still, the Twins just ravaged by injuries. So, Jose Miranda sent down. And then one day later, I don't even know if it was one day. Probably it was, less it was less than hours. 20, it was less than 24 hours. He was Less than back. 24 hours. Guy who supposedly can't hit gets recalled, hits a home run. 
Um, what do we make of what do we make of everything Minnesota and and you know is Miranda at the end of that is Miranda a long term solution? The Twins keep hoping he's going to be. Yeah, they do. Right? They really do. They they really really liked Jose Miranda more than Royce Lewis, which is crazy considering the fact they used the number one overall pick on Royce Lewis like yeah. three four years ago. He's looked and Royce Lewis has looked. And Royce, uh, yeah, aside from the ACL, which cost him last year, right? Right. He comes back from that, and he's tearing things up yeah, in yep. AAA and the majors. So, and the reason that Miranda could call be called back up a day after he got sent down is because of an injury. Normally, it's like 10 days you're down there for, unless, right. of course, there's an injury. So, he's going to get playing time because they got nobody else to play in a bunch of positions, right? He may have to play like three or four spots by himself. Right. Um but I don't know, man. If he was really that good, would they have signed Carlos Correa to a three-year deal? No. I mean, if he was really that good, would they have extended Byron Buxton? No. So, like, what are they doing? I, 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 you know, I don't know. I don't know. If they, if they really liked him, would they have gotten Gio a replacement? I mean, for... they like. They got everybody. They got. They made a lot of offseason moves, man. Yeah, they got a replacement for Josh Donaldson when they had Jose right. Miranda sitting there. <laughs> right, right. And they had um, Polanco. Like, right. So, yep. like, what are they doing? I don't know. I, I can't really trust. Like, if you're desperate and you need some at-bats, then great. Miranda will get you some at-bats. I can't guarantee you what those at-bats are going to be or that he continues to play once everybody's back. But if you need some at-bats right now, Miranda's available. Um, another team that needs uh, players to get at-bats because they're down a couple of key members of their lineup, uh, mainly Giancarlo Stanton with the ankle and Josh Donaldson now with the shoulder, uh, even though it was COVID into shoulder. we got Well, a, actually, it was racist insult. Racist into insult COVID, into, into, into shoulder. Into COVID shoulder. Well, yeah. actually, no, that's very insensitive. Can't call COVID shoulder. I remember that whole... It was like COVID. Someone said COVID something, and then COVID toe, right? Yeah, COVID toe. COVID toe. Yes, yes. Aaron Rodgers had COVID. Aaron Rodgers had COVID toe. It was a real thing. So sorry, I was being ins- I was being very insensitive right there for COVID shoulder. But that's what Josh Johnson has. It's been confirmed COVID shoulder after racist comment. Um, yes. What do we make of the Yankees? Uh, two, you know, four and five hitters, or well, two. Josh Johnson's been like all over the lineup, but. Yeah. Two of their top five hitters in their lineup. What do we what do we make of uh, Donaldson and, and Stan here? I mean, Donaldson at this point is not a terrible loss. He right. just has not the bat has not translated to. He, the he had Bronx. been he been having a better May. There was a, a be, he, yes. He had a better May. April was god awful. Yeah, horrible, horrible. Um, and May was getting better, which again the bar wasn't set all that high. In, <laughs> That's fair. So, um, and you know, I guess he brought the fire that the Yankees. That he said he was going to bring by being, I mean, he brought something he in brought Chicago something. and then disappearing from the lineup. Um, Stanton's a pretty big, pretty big loss. That guy's been very good this year. Yep. Um, so I mean, you can't color me surprised that the Yankees are getting hurt. That's kind of their mo, right? You get <sighs> big ass dudes who can hit the ball very far, and then you hope they stay healthy. That's kind of what they've been the last five, six, seven years. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, Stanton's Stanton's injured. Hopefully, it's not a serious thing. Out of everything, Stanton's is far less serious than Donaldson's. 
right shoulder inflammation. Right. Um, now they've got some guys that can play a bunch of different spots, so they'll sure. they'll use that. Uh, they just signed a guy. We'll talk about here in a little bit uh, as well. So I think they can plug the holes, but they're. I mean, Stanton's a big loss for that lineup. Um, question about Stanton. He played 139 games last year, Matt. Does yes. he go over or under that mark this year? He's currently played in his year 32 season. He has played 40 games to this point. Do you think Giancarlo Stanton plays more than 139 games? Uh, no. Do you think it's close? Because well, he's been healthy up until this injury. He has Right, been but here's my the – they've played 50 games, right? We're at the 50-game mark yep. at this point, Correct. basically, and he's played 40. So even if he played all of the rest of them, that would put him at 152. And he's not going to. And Boone and Boone has been very cautious with everybody this year. Right. So even if he played, even if he didn't get hurt with this angle thing, and he played every game the rest of the way, that puts him at 152. Yeah, now yeah, he gets yeah. injured. Let's say it's a minimum stay on the IL or whatever. That's 142. That's a pretty fine. Without the re- without the days of rest that he's. Going right. To also, get. not to mention that if they keep up their pace, they should be able to rest some guys a little bit. <laughs> yeah. True. Okay. Uh, second follow question. Follow up question. He hit 35 home runs last year. Does he go over or under that? He has 11 currently. I would say he goes over. He is on a good pace. He's on a good pace. He's yeah, I think also he's the, on the pace. warm air in, in New York in the summer. True. Yeah, the ball's gonna fly. The small ballpark, it's gonna fly. Um let's head over to uh Seiya Suzuki with the strained ring finger. What the hell are we doing with this guy at this point, Matt? Is it uh, I think you I, can drop him at this point. I was gonna say, are you okay with cutting ties? Because like now, let me put it this way. If you're in a dynasty league, do not cut yeah. him. No, no, yes. This is, yes, redraft, redraft. I wouldn't even cut him in a keeper league. I would bench him in a keeper league because he's going to have that. Look, Agreed. he's adjusting to the major leagues. Agreed. Right? He's also, I think, the youngest Japanese import to come over since Otani. Yep. Right? So you've got prime years left on him. Chicago is a great park for his swing, as he showed at the beginning of the season. Um, so yeah, if you're in a keeper league or a dynasty league, you're holding this guy for sure. If you're in a redraft, you can cut him. Yeah. Um, I would still probably in redraft, if you have the available IL spot, that would be my, I would resort to that first and then. Yeah. But outfield is so deep that you can find basically anybody, right? And let's figure out if he's made the adjustments or not. Touche. Touche. Um, another, just another note for the Cubs, Jonathan VR dropped a, uh, or an, as my child screams at the top of his lungs, um, he there was an exercise band that snapped on his face, and he will be required to have significant dental work. Um, that's why we don't exercise. That's why we podcast instead, right, Matt? Um, that's, <laughs> that's an amazing headline. Uh, that that's is, a spring training injury, right? Like, that is a absolute like jumping on the trampoline with your kids and like breaking your ankle type of yeah or. Or the Diamondbacks uh, guy a few years ago had to miss time in spring training because his wife thought it was a spider, and so he 
he went after it. It turned out it was a scorpion instead. That's good. <laughs> and got scorpion poisoning. <laughs> yes, that is normal. I would say that's quite normal, actually. Uh, scorpion poisoning um, happens every day here in the United States, uh, amongst other things. Um, let's talk Anthony Rendon, everyone's favorite uh, injured player. Um, actually coming alive. He looked pretty dang good. He looked similar to what we saw in Washington um, for the last, I would say, month or so. And then the Anthony Rendon experience came full circle, and he's back on the injured list. What do we think? What do we make? Right wrist soreness. Um, the wrist, obviously not. I mean, hey, look, man, when you hit balls at the rate he was hitting them this year for the first time in a while, you're bound to get a sore right wrist. It's great. I'm so right, I'm like, so happy wait. he's considered that frail. Well, he played thirty something games last year. That's touche. And then you had a short. A lot of games for him. That's a lot of games for him, though. Then you had a shortened 2020 season, which I don't remember if he played or missed part of, or I think he sat out um, or was injured, if I remember correctly. So, like, he's played, like, not very many games since becoming an Angel. <laughs> that, um, that's how it goes, right? When you, when you get a large contract from the Angels? I just... mean, <laughs> as it look, as a Nats fan, I think Mike Rizzo dodged a bullet. Oh, 100%. With this. And and he's typically been very good at knowing when to cut ties uh, with folks. Like, harken back to Jordan Zimmerman, who was great for the Nats, and then he cut ties and was an absolute abomination in Detroit. Um, so, look, it's soreness. They put him on the IL just to give him some days off and open up a roster spot. Will he come back and be back to what he was in April? For the Angels and Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, he's very entertaining guy when he's healthy. Um, but the track record right now, the last three, four years, doesn't suggest that he's going to stay healthy long term. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So what is your what's your um, what's your opinion on Rendon for um, fantasy players? Like, are you I mean, I would hold point, him right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's played 100 and back. I mean, 41 healthy. games. He's played 41 games this year, which is almost, to your it's point. more than he played last year, I think. No, he played. So in 2020, he played 52, and last year he played 58. So he's played 110 okay. games over the last two years. Um, okay. So I was close. I was a little you were close. No, no, was, no. Very, but I mean, I mean, you're not. I mean, 110 games in two years. Like, that's, you know. Not great. great. Yeah, not great, Bob. Not that's great. two-thirds of a season in two years. <laughs> that's, that's not good. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm gonna hold, but you know, if we continue to see this trend where he comes back, goes, we see a couple more IL stints or even one, I wouldn't blame anybody for, for uh, you know, scissoring scissoring that baby up. Um, last injury note we have Zach Granke. Okay, we can move on. Um, yeah, he's been terrible, but I'm just <laughs> it, like flexor strain used is typically a precursor to Tommy John. So yeah, no, I mean, and it, he might I think, be done. I think if uh, if that does happen, I think we should. That might be the last time we see Zach Greinke on the mound. Yep. Um, yep. And who who was very great in his prime and is not that right now. He's throwing no. eighty one mile an hour fastballs at this point. Like it's just you know. Um, yep. All right, let's do a little buy or sell, Matt. And I think we got some very interesting names for the fantasy world. And I think um, this is this is a very juicy segment here. Um, pretty much straightforward. Are we buying or are we selling them in fantasy baseball? And let's start with the best 
closer on the Yankees roster when everyone's healthy. Um, yes, you heard that right. When everyone is healthy, Clay Holmes, ex-Pittsburgh Pirate great. Shout out to our friend Colby Conway. Thank you for the uh, the donation of Clay Holmes uh, at last year's deadline. Um, he has been incredible, to say the least, this year, Matt. Um, he has a .36 ERA. Uh, he has 23 appearances. So uh, he's being Scott Proctored, as we like to say in Yankee land. Um, if you ever want, need to go look at how many games Joe Torre pitched Scott Proctor back in the day, you go do that on his baseball reference page. 26 strikeouts, two walks, one earned run this year for Clay Holmes, Matt. One. Yep. So I turn to you. Are we buying Clay Holmes? I want to I, I want to pitch this to you in two ways, okay? Okay. Are we buying first? Are we buying the Clay Holmes on for now? And second question: Do you buy that Clay Holmes can be the closer for the rest of the year, even when Araldis Chapman does return? So clearly, his ERA is going to regress a bit, right? Yes, correct. A modern record for ERA over a full season is Bob Gibson's 1.12. My guess is that's for starters. I don't remember what the record is for relievers. But still, there's no way it's going to stay at a 0.36 the entire year. I think Gagne, right? Didn't Gagne go sub one? Didn't Gagne he might have during his one? like 80 straight, 82 straight save streak or whatever it was. He may have. It's pretty reasonable. I mean, if you're saving that many games in a row, <laughs> you're probably you're not, not giving up, up very, <laughs> yeah. very many hits or runs. Yeah. Um, so it's going to regress some, right? Is it going to go all the way up to like a three? Probably not. I think he stays probably in the middle ones. He's pitching well enough to do that. So even that is going to help you, right? Um, does he close the majority of games the rest of the way? Yes. Hmm. Look, we heard talk in the in spring training that the Yankees were considering Chapman in like an eighth right. inning role yep. to kind of lengthen his time and take some leverage off his arm right. and whatnot. Now they have that guy. The problem was they didn't have the guy before to get Chapman out of the ninth inning role consistently. So now they have that guy. Why wouldn't they take – and this is a perfect time. He's coming off of an injury. Right. So you're not going to put him back into a high-leverage role right after he comes back from an injury. So, yes, I think Clay Holmes is the closer for the Yankees for the majority of their games the rest of the way. And um, if that is the case, you need to go get Clay Holmes now because if you guys aren't aware or living under a rock, the Yankees are winning a lot of games. And that is only going to set Clay Holmes up for a lot of save opportunities if, in fact, he does um, stay right. in the ninth And it's not just role. that they're winning a lot of games. They're keeping these within three runs or yep. so. Correct. They're not blowing people out, which is the key to getting – right, like if you get a roster that, like the Dodgers from last year were blowing people out. So they didn't have as many save opportunities as teams that finished with worse records. The Yankees are playing close games right now, so he's going to get a lot of save chances. Right. Um, and two, just to touch on Araldis Chapman, um, first time since, let's look, uh, ever that he has had a less than 10K per nine um, 
He, I mean, obviously a lot of time to go in the season. Currently at 9.6, so pretty close. Uh, he hasn't even been less than 13 strikeouts per nine innings since 2017, which was his first year in, in New York. Um, so, you know, pretty uh, wild time to see Rolla Chapman. I, I, has, he hasn't been great. So ERA 3.86, highest of his career thus far. So um, I wouldn't be against moving him out of the ninth inning role and uh, buy all the Clay Holmes shares as you can. Uh, moving along, another Yankee we have on the list, uh, Matt Carpenter recently signed. I don't know if he has the best stash of the Yankees because he's competing with Nestor Cortez, but it's did pretty you see dang that close. Did you see that tweet I sent you? Yeah, it's pretty. it was pretty good. Of Nestor um, Cortez and, and Matt Carpenter hanging out, and the caption said they're searching for Princess Peach. <laughs> Because they look like Mario and Luigi. Who do you think has the better stash? Nestor. I think Nestor is by far. Like, Nestor has, like, the perfect stash. Yes. It is, like, if if you were to tell me what the perfect mustache looks like. Also, his face looks like it can pull it off. Yeah. It just looks like. Yeah, Matt Carpenter needs the beard. Right, like we yeah. just—he needs the beard. We're used to have the beard. Um, right. But what? What? Matt, not. What do you think of Matt Carpenter, the player, and not the beard? Are you buying or selling as a fantasy asset? I personally, I'll I'll jump in here real quick. I'm selling. I think you could get cheap power, but we haven't had met much power since you know 2018, where he when he had his best career year. Um, I'm I'm probably selling unless I'm desperate for power. I'm glad you said that because I didn't want to rain on the Yankees parade of signing Matt Carpenter and then he went. He already hit a home run for them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he has a home run. Yep. Yeah. Now hit lefty hit it off a lefty, by the way. So I will say, look, I hated Matt Carpenter as a Cardinal. I didn't like his his batting profile. I didn't like um the like his approach. It yeah, he just bugged me as a Cardinal. Sorry there, Hallam, <laughs> but he did. Um that being said. He did hit 275 with six bombs for Round Rock at AAA this year when the, yeah. when the Rangers signed him to a non-packed pact, I guess. Um, and then he elected to get out of that non-packed pact and make a pact with the Yankees. Um, look, he's got some multi-position ability defensively. That'll come in handy. But I don't like the, the swing and... You know, what he's been the last few years overall. Yes, he is a lefty hitting in Yankee Stadium, but that doesn't always work out. So right. um, I'm just going to leave Carpenter alone uh, for the time being. I think it's uh, if you are interested, um, you're I, hopefully you're in a league that um, where there's power and OBP are prominent because those are the two things that he can provide and the two things that he's. OBP number yes. one. I mean, that's been his mo for pretty much his whole career uh, because he's never been a stolen base threat, and he hits the top of a lineup for a long time. So, um, I think I think uh, if that's those are the type of leagues you should target Matt Carpenter if you're targeting him at all. Let's turn our focus to a guy who was pitching on Monday evening in the second leg of a doubleheader for the Milwaukee Brewers. And Matt, uh, we talked about it uh, earlier. Um, any brewer pitcher that just shows up one day and says, hey, I'm going to have 12 strikeouts today. Uh, we've seen it from Eric Lauer. We've seen it from Peralta. We've seen it. I mean, everyone. Cool. So what do we So what do we make of Ashby? We're not going to be buying another 12 strikeout performance, but 
Um, does he have long-term fantasy upside in this Brewers rotation? I mean, I guess it, it depends on what you need, right? Is he going to be an ace? Is he going to be a number two? No. I don't see his his ceiling as that. I think he's capable of being a rotation piece for the Brewers. Um, in prospect reports, I've put him down as an as a number four with high strikeout upside. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let's analyze that 12 strikeout showing. It was against the Cubs, if I'm not mistaken. It right? was. The Cubs are not good offensively. No Suzuki. Uh, it was also a doubleheader, so you don't know if he got the main lineup or the secondary lineup. Um, so I will say they had a fairly good lineup, the Cubs, or other than Saya because he's been on the IL. Right. There was also 20-mile-an-hour winds blowing out, just just for context, in yeah, Wrigley Field. So that is a, that's a pretty impressive showing. I know the Cubs lineup isn't that impressive, but 20-mile-an-hour winds in – Wrigley is pretty much Coors Field. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, we say it all the time. If the wind is blowing out, that park is very small. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it is impressive. Yes. 12 strikeouts is 12 strikeouts. Um, but I don't think that this is a regular, like, he's the next Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff. Right? Fair. Like, he's got stuff. He can be in a rotation. I just don't think that he's like a number two. So if you're looking for a solid fantasy starter, okay, Aaron Ashby is just fine. He'll stay in the rotation. Um, But like, I don't think if you're looking for a guy who's a massive high strikeout and pretty good ratio guy, then that's not Aaron Ashby. He has, for what it's worth, been good striking people out at the major league level last year, 29% did spend a lot of time in the bullpen, 13 games, four starts this year. Same thing. Um, very high strikeout rate, 29.5%, but 11 games, five starts. So we, right. But the, the thing I will say about the strikeout rate is that in the bullpen, it's easier to have correct. a higher strikeout rate. Correct. Because the other thing that you do when you go to the bullpen is you trim your pitch, your pitches down to your two best offerings. So, He's got some plus stuff, Yep. right? He's got like a four-pitch mix. Some of it is average. Some of it is plus. If you're going in the bullpen, you're going to just leave your plus stuff. Correct. And when you're a starter, you're going to need to throw some of your average stuff because you got to keep it. You can't do it with two pitches. To your point, to your point, 35% K rate this year as a reliever, 26.5% as a starter. But I will say, if you're going to give me a, a 26.5%, 26.5% yeah. K rate, I'm I'm going to probably be buying that. As a, yeah, as no, a fourth that's, or fifth starter, for sure. Right, that's what I said. He could be a high strikeout right. fourth starter. That's basically what Aaron Ashby is. So we, I think we're both on the same page. If you're buying, I think we're buying if he's a end of your rotation piece in fantasy yes. as well. Um, yeah. Let's head over to another high strikeout performance. Spencer Strider uh, wasn't great on Monday, but again, a lot of strikeouts. Seven strikeouts in his, in his time on the on the mound he did allow five runs um what's your take another guy who has spent all of his time in the bullpen this year so far matt 12 games only one start um 13.8 k's not per nine innings 38.6 percent k rate but again largely due to coming out of the bullpen do we buy spencer strider the starter or do we sell spencer strider the starter he's only 23 um, and he has a chance to stick here if, if he, you know, pitches better than what he did against Arizona. 
Yeah, look, he's been brought up as a starter and a reliever through the Brave system. If you look at it, a few years ago, he started 14 games. Since then, he's been a reliever. Coming into the season, there was a lot of fantasy hype about him being the next closer for the Braves. Interesting. And then they went out and made their signings to strengthen up the end of that bullpen. And now their rotation is not nearly as good as people thought it might be. Um, I mean, according to Fangraphs, Spencer Strider right now slots in number two on, you know, roster resource. They're number two starter ahead of now. It might just be a rotation thing, like where they cycle yep. through. Right. Because there's no way you're putting him ahead of Charlie Morton. or no. Kyle Wright or no. Ian Anderson. Right? No, he's their five. He's their five. He's their right. Five. He's their five. Now, can he be a strikeout guy as a number five? Yes. Yes, he can. Does he have he's got multiple pitches. Right, he doesn't have a fourth pitch, he's got a third pitch, but it's at least average, if not above average, and he's got two-plus pitches. That's enough to make us number four, number five starter. They need all the help they can get in that rotation right now. Um, So I would assume that he sticks in the rotation. Unless, of course, they bring up Bryce Elder again, who looked really good in his last couple of AAA starts. Um, So... He's kind of like the swingman, like what the Cardinals have been famous for with like Alex Reyes and Carlos Martinez and and some other guys the last few years. He's kind of a swingman. So right now it puts his value a little hard to peg down. And I think we can uh, I think that's a perfect transition into another swingman in Keegan Thompson, who um, is pitching currently for the Chicago Cubs. And his last four outings, three have been starts. One have been released. One has been in a relief, a relief appearance. What do you think um, Keegan Thompson's value is? Because over the last couple of years for the Cubs, last year, 32 appearances, just six starts. This year, 11 appearances, three starts. Now we have gotten the three starts in the last four outings. So it looks like they are transitioning him to be a full-time starter. But still mixed in there between the three starts, we get an inning of relief. Um, what is your take on the buying or selling of Keegan Thompson? Because as a starter, he's looked good. But I will say, Matt, 158 ERA, 375 XFIP, which, you know, still three 349 FIP, still good to, you know, pretty good um, expected numbers. But what do you make of Keegan Thompson's um, fantasy output? Are you buying or selling? So... Right now, I would buy. If you are, if you need an arm, I would buy Keegan Thompson. He's been striking out guys almost a strikeout per inning. Five and zero, oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so he's getting wins as a reliever or a starter. Um, his strikeout to walk ratio is better than three to one, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, the xFIP is higher. Not great, but again. He's pitching in a windy Wrigley field that right. certainly doesn't necessarily help. He also has to pitch in Great American Small Park when they go to Cincinnati. Um, and in Milwaukee as well. Right. So it's a little dicey, but he's been managing it and managing it pretty well. And it's entirely possible that they will keep him in the rotation and use his, you know, every starter has a bullpen day in between starts. Why not just make his bullpen day actually on the mound? instead of just in the pen doing side work and and whatnot. So I think that might be what they're gearing towards because the Cubs need all the help in the rotation they can get. Um, 
So yeah, I, I would take I would take a shot on Keegan Thompson. Sure. Signing signing Marcus Stroman wasn't enough, Matt. That wasn't no. enough for you. No, not uh, not not. I mean, I've not really been the biggest fan of. Okay, just of checking Stroman. in. Stroman. Just checking in. Um, let's head over to another segment that we call Levels of Concern, and let's let's just kind of fire through this. Um, let's do this. Let's do a rolling scale, one to ten. One being not concerned, ten being. Uh, set everything on fire release this guy today okay um and let's let's just go through one through ten and we'll start with tiasker hernandez of the toronto blue jays currently on the year matt he did have a stint on the il yes but in 24 games this year 170 average 240 obp 261 slug for a guy who hit 32 home runs last year um what is your level of concern, 1 through 10, for Teoscar Hernandez? About a 7. Very, very high. <laughs> like, like th- th- it's not great, right, no. what he's doing. So, yes, the, the IL stint certainly didn't help. But it's not like he was going before no. the IL stint and came back and just been dog poop. He wasn't going before the IL stint, and he's not going after the IL stint. So, it's... Definitely concerning. Look, he'll continue to get playing time in Toronto because defensively he's still a very good outfielder. They still want to give him the best. Look, he's earned the right to figure it out on the field, given what he's done the last few years. But those of us who bought him as a top 10 outfielder, yep, not great. Panic not mode. Great Panicking. Panicking. Yes, definitely. I mean, I traded for this guy uh, this offseason. I gave up a year of control of Dylan Cease to go get this guy. Now, Cease hasn't been great. Um, still kind of been Dylan Cease, but this trade has definitely not worked out because <laughs> Teoscar is not. Yeah. And uh, there's not really signs of life. It's not like no. the last week he's been great. No. No. It's, it's just all dog poop. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, the, the batted ball rates, uh, he is a 38% ground ball hitter for his career 60 percent this year yeah uh, his launch angle is like six percent six degrees yep, or something yep and 29 percent hard hit rate is all bad for tioscar and is i'd probably put it around a seven as well let's go to the mound uh where we have the uh formerly sh- former uh strikeout dominant pitcher out there in los angeles walker bueller matt uh let's i want to hear your concern not that he's like pitching terribly but there is just not any reason to believe that right now he can return to the number one starter in your fantasy baseball rotation, at least in my opinion, that you drafted him as. So what's your level of concern? How about this? What's your level of concern, one through 10, getting Bueller back to your SP1? I want to word it like that, because if you can't, I mean, that's a serious question. Like, I'm putting that I would say about a five. You think that so you think there's a 50% chance he returns to being an SP1? I think so. Look, I was watching the game last night. I have Walker Bueller on a fantasy team, um, as I've probably mentioned. And you drafted him as what? SP1? Well, I kept him. So okay. it's a keeper league, but I kept him as my ace. Right? Yes. I kept him as a top five fantasy pitcher. Correct. Okay. Probably in the realm of um, Cole and Burns and yep. Woodruff and. You know, toss one other guy in Scherzer, there. Scherzer, Scherzer yeah. who I also got and then got hurt. Not great. Um, 
Look, they were talking about this on the broadcast last night for Spots, uh, Sportsnet LA. And their concern is that he has too many pitches. Mm. He throws six pitches. Okay. Wow, Daisuke, the modern day Daisuke Matsuzaka. Yes. And he's been, he was asked about this by the broadcast team a little bit ago about why you don't just pare down your pitchers to like maybe four. Right. And he said his argument was that, well, if I had the more pitches I have gives me the better shot of having two that are working really well that night so I can still keep hitters off balance. If I pare it down and and a couple of them aren't working, then I'm a sitting duck, which I kind of get. However, when you have to throw that many pitches, you're going to forget how to throw that many pitches. <laughs> And that seems to be what's happening to Walker Bueller. His stuff's not moving the way it normally does. Either that or he's got to loosen his pants. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, he wears way too tight of pants. I'm sorry. Uh, he needs to go to the Clayton Kershaw school of pants. Like, Clayton Kershaw got, like, the pants like, get over loose, the ankles. Get comfy, go out there, go to work, right? <laughs> yeah. So, can he return? He's got the stuff. I don't think anybody doubts that he has the stuff. Is it a change in the ball that's affecting him? I doubt it. No, don't you dare go I to the ball it. argument. Don't you dare. But right now, I think he's too busy trying to mix too many pitches, and he's forgetting how to throw them well enough to produce strikeouts. Now, did he have a good strikeout day yesterday? Sure. It was against the Pirates, though. Yep. So I don't really know if we want to. But he also gave up four runs. Yep. So He's not missing bats, Matt. He's not missing no, bats. Like he he's had, not. He's not missing bats. So there is, there is a decent concern that he's – that he won't return to an SP one. Is he still a very good starter? Yes. Correct. Is he your SP one right now? Absolutely not. I would actually put that higher than five personally. Um, but returning to SP one, just if we're not getting strikeouts, I just don't see it. Um, our final level of concern, and we're going back to the outfield. Uh, he spent his first five professional seasons, at least in the major league level in great American ballpark. And his first, Season outside of Great American Ballpark has not been very good. Um, he's still not striking out. He's still taking his walks at a rather high clip. Uh, but at this point, Jesse Winker has a 212 batting average, a 288 slug, an 84 WRC plus. Um, the expected woba is nice. I mean, his woba is 274. It's expected 350. But is it going to get any better when you don't have Great American Ballpark bailing you out? Matt, what do you think? Um, what's your level of concern, 1 through 10, with Jesse Winker? It's pretty high. Um, I I underestimated how substantial the switch to, to um, what is it, T-Mobile now, used to be Safeco, um, would be for him. Because I looked at the dimensions, you know, the, the way the ball typically travels when you put it over the spray chart. Looked like he'd be just fine. But there's some secret sauce in Seattle that just kills balls. Yep. And it's, like, it's been for a little bit now one of the worst Wobo parks for and Babbitt parks for yep. hitters. Um, and that's come to bite Jesse Winker. Now, I will say that the expected numbers don't take into account shifting and defensive yep. positioning Agreed. and all that good stuff. Right? So... Those can be a little skewed just based off of launch angle and exit velocity. But he's not even making quality contact to account for that right now. Um, so it's certainly 
I mean, it's so bad. The Mariners just signed Justin Upton. Yes. I mean, and Kyle Lewis is hurt again. He's hurt. Like it's just, it's bad, and it's bad. They demoted Jared Kalenic. Yep. Um, Minor league all star, by the way. I think he's a quad. I think he's a quad four, a quad A player. Yep. People got on my case for saying that the other day. I'm like, what? Guy is very good at AAA. Guy can't hit in the majors. That makes him a quad, quad A player. Um, Give me a number on Winker. What do you think? I would go with like an eight. Ooh, we are very nervous on Jesse Winker. I'm I'm a little lower, but I'm mostly with you because again, he doesn't have great American to bail him out and start when he heats right. up. The other thing is if he if he gets to the point where he thinks it's going to be mostly on him to bail teams out with homers and stuff, he'll start pressing and the numbers will get yeah. worse. Agreed. And he's not necessarily a guy that were can hit thirty home runs if he plays a full season, but like. I mean, we're looking for a guy who's going to hit 300 or hover around it, and we're nowhere close. So um, right. I'm I'm somewhere close. Let's head to the prediction. Let's wrap it up with the predictions. Last week, Colby said Story will play baseball. Is that what uh, is that what I'm reading here? Yeah, he uh, he deemed it as he would hit um, two homers, steal two bags, and hit 350. Trevor Story. Yes. Well, he hit a million home runs, so he got that one. He hit two one. homers. He had a steal. <laughs> he hit like two twelve. Yeah, he did not. He, that's all he did. He hit home runs, and uh, that's all he did. So Matt he got said, credit for the counting stats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ratio is uh, not good. Matt said that Jaron Duran will still be in AAA, and you know what? There's no reason to call him up right now. I guess if JBJ is going to actually hit, and Franchi Cordero is going to actually hit, and uh, the Red Sox offense is going to be as good as they've been, uh, probably going to stay down there, unfortunately, for Jaron Duran. Um, so let's hover over the predictions this week. Matt, do you want to start or do you want me to kick it off? Uh, you can kick it off because I currently have to think of one. Okay, good, good. Preparation is key. Um, okay, we get a two-start week from George Kirby this week, Matt. Uh, on Tuesday evening, he will be facing the Baltimore Orioles. And on Sunday... He'll be facing the Texas Rangers. Now, um, both teams strike out a bunch. Baltimore does strike out more against lefties, um, but Kirby has already shown two starts of seven-plus strikeout upside. Um, as he continues his you know, development in the majors, the pitch count will grow. Um, and I don't think very highly of Baltimore's offense. They did rest Cedric Mullins, and they did have 10 runs on Monday. So, you know, coming in here, not the best look saying Baltimore's offense isn't great um, when they scored 10 runs the night before, but um, I love the matchup against Baltimore. And then I love the matchup against Texas, 23.4% K rate. Um, They just put Calhoun on the IL, Um, you know, signs of some life for Marcus Simeon and and Corey Seager, but they haven't been what Texas had hoped for either. Um, So I'm going to go with uh, 15 or more strikeout week from George Kirby. He is going to help the ratios this week, and he's just going to strike everybody the hell out. Um, Matt, to finish yes. this off here, uh, what is your prediction of the week? I'm going to go that Jesus Sanchez hits three homers this week. Ooh, and that's a good get, a good bet because uh, uh, he hit one, the one he hit yesterday is still coming down. It may, Wait. it might not just be coming down. It might still be ascending. It might still be going up. 
he hit one almost 500 feet. Um, now it was in cores, but yeah, buddy has games in cores. I mean, you hit a ball that far, it's as who dong it put on Twitter that ball's gonna leave every park ever built. That might have um, left two ballparks, that might have left two cores. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty spectacular. Um, so I'm going to go that Jesus Sanchez hits three homers because you know what? He's a power guy. That's what he was known for in the minors. The batting average may not always be there. He's pretty good defensively. But he's got some serious pop as he put on display uh, there on Monday. So I'm going to go with Jesus Sanchez hitting three home runs this week. He was my uh, dark horse to hit 30 home runs this year and uh, in one of my preseason uh, articles for fantasyalarm.com. So I hope so, because we need to get that. We got about 25 home runs to go for uh, in 100 games, so he better get on his horse. So uh, I'm with you there. But, Matt, uh, big thanks to you for having me on. And, and maybe next week, Colby will stop, you know, all this wine that he's – all the wine tastings he's going to in Italy. Maybe he'll be back. Yeah, man, how dare you spend time with the family. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is he thinking? Uh, but big thanks to you, Matt. Big thanks to everyone listening, and um, we'll, ch- we'll catch you guys next week.